music of museum of no art. Museum of no art is a woman. I figured that out by going to her website. But I, I did not learn a lot other than that. There was a lot of language on the website trying to explain to me what Museum of No Art is. But art is really sort of inexplicable. Like art, the art of an individual is sort of a gift. And I don't mean the gift of a higher power, even though it might be. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that I believe that art is a gift of environment, that the individual uh, learns things and is rewarded for certain things. And in time, their art grows out of all of that. But the problem begins when the artist tries to explain to you how they do what they do or why they do what they do, when in fact, they probably don't really know. It's really hard to put into words why we do what we do, but for some reason, as humans, we're always trying to intellectualize it. We love talking about it, and unbelievably, we love as people to listen to it. Most, uh, uh, shows these days, most podcasts in particular, are people talking about what they do and us listening to it and fascinated by it because we would like to be able to do those things too, whether it's building or cooking or making music or making films. But I don't think that that's how it actually works. We can learn how to do what other people do. But the problem is it will never be our art. It'll just be us doing a version of their art. Like I love the books of, of uh, Murakami. I love uh, his fiction. And every time I read one of his books, I think I would like to be able to write like this guy. Like his imagination, his ability to tell a story is so incredible, but I know in my heart that it would never be my work. It would be me trying to do my version of his work. And a lot of art is that. You know, as the uh, Dr. Thomas Stanley said on this show one time when I was interviewing him, monkey see, monkey do. You know, like people love to copy. Copying is part of art. But we love to listen to people talk about their process. People love to talk about their process. But ultimately, we learn very little because it's an inside job, this art expression. And trying to explain it is impossible. But I believe that in the future, Everybody will have a podcast and everybody will either be talking about what they do and how they do it or interviewing other people about what they do and how they do it because that is the nature of man. Ego gets in the way of everything, including art.
So anyway, Museum of New Art from the record One Night at the Pool and a song called A Line Has Two Sides. Before that, Ruderesh Mehanthapa off of a new collection called For the Birds, The Bird Song Project, Volume 1. It's a bunch of people making songs about birds. And uh, I particularly liked that tune where he's jamming with the birdies. There's a song called Orioles. And we began with music by a guy that in the 1940s used to live under the Hollywood sign. Sort of a proto-hippie who wore white robes and had long hair and a beard. And inexplicably became a famous songwriter. Uh, He wrote a bunch of tunes for Nat King Cole and became this weird hipster environmental recorder. His name is Eden Abez. His buddies called him Abe. And uh, recently his record Eden's Island was reissued. And we heard a song called The Old Boat. Welcome back for another episode, another edition of In My Room Radio. My name is Mike. So, cats and kittens, boys and girls, future podcasters, non-binary human beings, thanks for coming back and joining me here because as of right now, you are in my Room.
of Orpheon Gagarin, uh, which is a pseudonym for a guy named Miguel A. Ruiz, a very Kraftworkian piece uh, recorded in 1986 called Titro Sucio, off the uh, self-titled debut of Orpheon Gagarin. You know, back in the previous break, I was saying that that everybody, not everybody, many people copy the works of others to create their own work, and that it is very hard to get to your own art, to get to the core of what you need to do to express yourself whilst you are copying others. Well, that may or may not be true. You know, that is this cub reporter's opinion, because that Orphean Gagarin piece, while clearly influenced by
via craftwork, like via computer world, totally feels like an individual piece. I hear the influence, but I also hear the art of the individual. So, you know, maybe wrong again. I share my opinions. They are of the moment. They may change at any second. But I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Because, like I said, clearly influenced. Clearly art. Is it the art of Mr. Ruiz is filtered through the influence of, of craft work? Or is it the work of an individual? I don't know that I can say. I just recently read one of those little 33 and a third books about craft work, about the release, Computer World, and what a revolutionary release that it was. And it was, and it made me go back and listen to Computer World, which I listened to a number of times because I have it in a number of ways. I have it the modern way, streaming. I have a CD, I have a vinyl reissue, and I have the original vinyl that I bought in 19, what was that, 1980? I think it was 80, may have been 82, it was one of those even numbers in the 80s. And I was totally, again, as I read the words of the writer, as pointed out back in the original break, trying to explain the work of someone else the book ultimately under amazing underachieving to explain the grandeur of the release of computer world but the grooves the music still remains so potent and so important to me as an individual now you may wonder why didn't i play any of it here i can't really tell is this music that is so heavily linked to my own memories of that era? Or is this music that is beyond all that, beyond the 80s, beyond uh, me being a 21-year-old who was just falling headfirst for electronic music and had been since my teens? Like, I don't know. Is My point is, is it as great as I think it is? I don't really know. I don't know. When it comes to old music, I tend to think it may just be me. It might be. Before Orphean Gagarin, we heard the music of Hans Joachim Rodelius from uh, Cluster and a uh, song called Regan Macher. Zacharias Thompson, a contemporary recording artist with a contemporary recording called Goodnight Shiva, which is just brilliant. Check that one out. We hear a song called A Kind of Militants. The duo of Matmos off their new release and a song called Anti-Anti-Fun, parenthetically absolute decomposition. The duo of Doom, one of the most influential groups that ever crossed the path of this particular disc jockey, uh, Edvard Graham Lewis and Bruce Gilbert off the two release in a song called The Red Tent. And we began with Trip Shrub and a song called Dat Luit von Frevertshof. Can you hear my dogs? I got the dogs in the studio. They are noisy little dogs. Oh, they're quiet now because I'm talking about them. 
Anyway, this has been hour number one of In My Room. Weird environmental music, including my own weird environment. Stick around uh, for this uh, quick non-commercial message and then back with hour number two of In My Room after this.
You are in my room.
all I want just likes to sing it out loud. Codependent songs ever recorded. I can't smile without you. I think that was uh, Ethel Merman in that final version, of course, uh, Barry Manilow before that. But for the purposes of this show, In My Room Radio, that is the art of Vicki Bennett. Vicki Bennett is a uh, a recording artist and a visual video artist who creates collages out of the work of others. Now, I was talking about that earlier, that whole business of uh, copying the work of others whilst creating your own art. I think Vicki Bennett and people like us, which is the name she uses when she records, I think she is a great example of repurposing the, the work of others to create your own individual art. Because there's no doubt about it, that piece is not Barry Manlow, it's not Ethel Merman. It is the voice of an artiste, but notably an artiste with pretensions. Used to get that a lot when I was a teenager and a young dude, like when I was dating. I would date young women that were into things like Ario Speedwagon or Journey. And they would hear my music, whether, you know, it was a music of wire or a throbbing gristle or this heat. And, you know, if they uh, could put it into words, the words they often used was, your music is so pretentious. Well, it's art music. Of course it has pretensions. All art in its own odd way is pretentious. It's not as straightforward as meatloaf and potatoes. It's something else. It's that arty little plate that you're not sure whether to eat or just look at or take a picture of it and post it on social media. That is art. One of the times I was talking to Ian Mackay from Fugazi, 
and Minor Threat, he was saying that that's what he didn't like about the kind of music that he was selling when he was a record store clerk at Yesterday and Today Records in Rockville, is that so much of it was art music. And he didn't like art music. He went directly from Ted Nugent to uh, straight-up hardcore punk rock. He didn't get into Wire or Scritty Politti or uh, This Heat or any of that. All that too arty. Just give him the straight, unfiltered punk rock. And based on the music he's made throughout his career, even though his sonic palette has expanded over the years, I get the feeling art rock still not really his thing. Even though I never considered it art rock, I always considered it to be punk rock. But not in the opinion of that particular artist. But anyway, I'm off topic. Vicki Bennett, people like us, we heard a long, lovely, joyous piece. And I mean that. It really made me feel great listening to it off the optimized release. And a song called All on a Beautiful Day. William Bezinski, before that, from On Reflection. And we heard On Reflection for one of the uh, many elements of the art of William Bezinski. And he does a broad range of stuff from these sort of contemplative uh, loop-based pieces that you often hear here to straight up four on the floor dance music. But his uh, his looping music is really cool. Like he did one release where he had all these loops that got ruined by his cat. They were hanging in his apartment. And the cat, you know, bored. That's what animals do. Like I was talking about my dogs earlier. Earlier today, I found a cat toy because I got two cats, two dogs that my dog had just shredded to pieces and actually had a piece of it still hanging out of his mouth. He was trying to ingest it. I really look forward to it in the next couple of days, seeing that particular cat toy come out the other half of the dog, because ultimately it will, or will end up with a doggy surgeon. Hopefully it'll pop out on its own. But animals will do what they do. In the case of William Bezinski, the cat attempted to ruin these loops that he was saving for a rainy day. So he created a release of these degenerating loops. And it was just fascinating. Seek that out on your own, though. William Bezinski. And we began with music from Trip Shrub off the truer Lude und Dance release. And a song called Puper. I don't know. Puper? Sure. Why not? Yes, you. I'm talking to you. I mean, in theory, I'm talking to a broad range of people. I'm talking to people in Harpswell, Maine, that listen on WHPW. I'm speaking to the individual on WPVM in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm not talking to anybody on WERA in Arlington, Virginia, because right now they're off air for my show. Not because of anything I did. They got technical problems. 
But people in Binghamton, New York, on WBDY, somebody is listening in Girdwood, Alaska. I don't know what it's like in Girdwood today. What's the weather like in Girdwood, individual listening on WKEUL? Middletown, Connecticut, we're on on WESU. Beautiful, colorful Sarasota, Florida, WSLR plays in my room radio. KZGM in Kabul, Missouri. CJUM up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Or in Bellows Falls, Vermont. They listen on WOOL. People listen. I don't know how many people listen. But people listen. Maybe you stumble onto the show by mistake. Well, thanks. Keep stumbling, pal. I'm glad you're here. Also, people listen all over the world to the show as a podcast. If you would like to do that, go to In My Room Radio. No, that's wrong. That's the email address. The email address is inmyroomradio at gmail.com. The web address is inmyroom.podbean.com. You can listen to the show. You can see the archives. There are just craploads of In My Room Radio there. You can check out the broader path of this show. But anyway, I don't even know how I got into that. What was I talking about? um, What? No? You don't know either. Yeah, that's what happens when I start chattering. I lose myself in the moment. But anyway, to anybody listening in any of those locales, hey, thanks. Thank you. I'll be back next week with more In My Room Radio. But until then, I leave you in the capable hands of Lomond Campbell off the Lost Loops release. And a song called Real Too. So I love you guys. See you next time on In My Room Radio. But until then, bye.